Hey, good morning, PVCC. How are we doing? Good. Woo, that was a good, that was a good time. Jeez. I don't know if you noticed, I started to get up after the second song. I was like, I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> Even though I knew the set list and everything, but let's, here we go. We're here. We're ready. We're ready to go. How are we feeling? Awesome. Kids, we are so glad you are here. Hey, um, do, do us a favor, kids. Okay, so um, let us know. How, how old are you? How old are you? How many fingers? Adults, I know you can't do this. Sorry. Okay, yeah, perfect. Perfect. Okay, perfect. Okay, adults, can we just give it up for our kids and say we're so glad you're with us. We're so glad you're here. We're super, super glad that you are here in this room today. So you uh, may have gotten a handout, like a kid's handout. If you didn't, uh, kids or parents, there's a table in the back right by the, um, the doors there um, that you can grab a, a little guide sheet for you kids. Um, there's also something, that kind of a fun little toy you can play with that we're going to talk about later. So hey, we're so glad you all are here, whether you are uh, five or whether you're a hundred. So glad you're here. Here's something we all have in common, whether we're five or a hundred, is this. Chances are you've got something on your mind this morning. According to a study um, done by Andrew Webb, um, the chances are that you have between one and five pretty significant things on your heart this morning. Things that you really couldn't leave at the door when you walked in. Things that you know are just kind of gnawing at your brain. You've got some serious things going on in your life. Maybe you've got some health issues and you've got a looming doctor's appointment and you just don't know what the answers are going to be. Maybe you have aging parents and you're working through that whole process of working with insurance companies, advocating for, with them and for them, going to doctor's appointments and it's exhausting. Maybe you're a kid and you know this feeling of anxiety and worry. It's like you get butterflies in your stomach because you're starting at a new school coming up in a couple months. Or maybe a friend moved away and you miss them. But whether you're five or a hundred or anywhere in between, chances are you've got something on your mind. And so what do we do with this? What do we do when those things are heavy on our mind? Because sometimes this can happen. It goes from godly concern, which is important, into the realm of anxiety. How do you know when that happens? You know, don't you? Your palms start sweating, your stomach starts hurting, you just can't be present because your mind is just completely there. And I, and I want to say this, the difference between godly concern and anxiety is when we say, God, I am going to control this and take care of this on my own. I've got this covered, and I hear so many chuckles because we know it's the illusion of control, right? There's no such thing as us being in control. And so how do we do it? How do we work with this thing called anxiety? How do we work with this thing called worry? How do we keep it in godly concern and keep it from going in that direction? I love this quote about anxiety, and it says this, anxiety is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do but it doesn't get you very far. <laughs> so how do we stay off the rocking chair this morning? Well, we're going to look at this today and see what God's word has to say as we answer the question of how do I stay off the rocking chair? How do I accept God's peace in my life? 
So we're going to be in Philippians chapter 4 today. You can join me in Philippians chapter 4. Uh, you get, there's a Bible in the seat back in front of you. Feel free to grab it if you want. We'll have verses up on the screen as well too. But Philippians chapter 4, as we ask this question, how do I accept God's peace in my life? In the midst of the one to five things that are weighing heavily on your brain right now, how do I accept God's peace? And here's why this matters. Because we know that when anxiety takes place, we're unable to be present. We're, not, we're unable to really love and serve on others. And I will submit to you that Jesus was the most present human being to ever walk the face of the earth. So how do we be present? This affects our marriages. This affects our parenting. This affects our work. And so I believe that leaning into God's word, not, not man's words, but God's word today is so important for you and for I. It affects every facet of our lives. So if you are ready to go and dive into Philippians chapter 4, whether you're 5 or 100 or anywhere in between, say, I'm ready. All right. Hey, let me pray as we keep going. God, we love you. Thank you for this time. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. Thank you that you gave your life for us. You brought us out of darkness into glorious, marvelous light. We celebrate that this morning. So as we continue to worship you with Bibles open, we pray, God, you lead us, you guide us. I pray for each one of my friends here. Would you meet them where they are at? You are a present God, you care. So Lord, we just continue to say thank you, thank you, thank you. We give this time to you. It's in your name we pray this, Jesus. Amen. Philippians chapter 4, starting at verse 4. Very first word says this, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. How often? Always. What does always mean? It means always. All the time. Rejoice always. And Paul just felt like he had to hammer this home. I will say it again. Rejoice. So in that day and age, in that language, in the original language, in the Koine Greek, there wasn't necessarily exclamation points. And so what did he do? He just, in, in order to emphasize what was going on, he said it multiple times. When you want to make something clear to someone, you say it multiple times. This is very important to Paul. Rejoice always. Again, I will say rejoice. What do you think about when you think about rejoicing? Jubilee. I love it, Jubilee. When I think about rejoicing, I think about my six-month-old baby boy who recently discovered applesauce. Try feeding that kid with applesauce, and he loves it. It's all over him. He loves it. He delights in it. He could eat that all day. He just loves, okay, maybe not all day. He gets full. But he loves that stuff. I mean, I can't get the spoon to his mouth quick enough. I think about rejoicing, and it's just, gosh, Lord, I want more of you. I want more of you. I love you. I'm loving life. I'm leaning into the, to the applesauce. But it says rejoice in the Lord. This is so important too. It's not rejoicing in, in myself or, or just rejoicing in my own circumstances. Or it's rejoicing in the Lord. It's rooted and grounded in him. Rejoicing goes so much deeper than just our current everyday circumstances. 
rejoicing zooms out and it sees the big picture. It sees what we sung about this morning, about the truth and reality of the gospel. It gives us an accurate portrayal of who we are and whose we are. And this makes us, we can't help but rejoice. It's this deep-seated, deep-rooted, true happiness. So whatever you're going through this morning, those one to five things that are on your mind and heavy on your heart, the point isn't that we're diminishing the reality of those things. Those things are real. Those things are hard. But the point is that we're zooming out and we're seeing that big picture of the reality of the gospel in our lives. It's like what Paul did in Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas, they're in Philippi, and they end up in prison. And at midnight, what are they doing? They're singing praises and hymns to God. The whole place can hear them. When I think about rejoicing, that's what I think about. In the midst of our own prison, so to speak, whatever that challenge is, whatever that struggle is, it's singing in the midst of the circumstances because we know the reality. The jail cell is real for Paul and Silas, but God is greater and bigger. And so that's why Paul in Philippians 4 can tell us, rejoice, rejoice. So how do we accept God's peace? We be joyful and we be gentle. We be joyful and we be gentle. So we've just talked about rejoicing and being joyful. Let's look at gentleness. So verse 5, let your gentleness be evident to all, to everybody, to your neighbor, to your friend, to your family, to the grocery store worker. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Gentleness gets a bad rap these days. Gentleness or meekness, another word we could use for it. I had a pastor uh, back in Florida who used to say, meekness is not weakness. It's strength, it's power under control. Meekness is not weakness, it's power under control. It makes me think about, and, and, and my pastor would say this, it's, it's like a, a horse. You got this majestic, wild horse. There's so much power to it. But then you put a, an experienced and skilled rider on it, and what is it now? It's power under control. It can accomplish such great good. Being gentle isn't about being necessarily a, a doormat for people to walk over, but it's living out in compassion and kindness and loving others. It is strength under control. And who was the most significant person to walk this earth who was meek, who was gentle? It's Jesus. He said himself, I am gentle. And so Paul is saying, let your gentleness be evident to everybody. And in our world today, it just seems like it's ever increasingly polarized, doesn't it? Where the voices get louder and louder and louder. No longer are we talking with each other, we're talking at each other. This stands out. This is evident to all. In your home, in your workplace, on the road when somebody cuts you off, ooh. <laughs> chances are it's going to happen this week now to you, so watch out. Right? <laughs> okay, I got to be gentle. got to be gentle. This stands out. People see this. When you refuse to gossip and tear other people down, it's evident to all. and People start going, I want what he has. 
I want what she has. There's something different about them. So how do we embrace God's peace in our lives? We're joyful and we're gentle. How else do we embrace God's peace? Point number two, we talk with God. We have a conversation with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We talk with God. And we get this straight from Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Look with me in verse 6. Do not be anxious. Do not be anxious about anything. Anything means what? Anything, right? Everything is off limits to anxiety. It's not about you, but when I, when I get told, hey, don't do this, I need more than that. You tell me not to do something, I'm like, well, babe, I'm going to do it, right? Don't push the red button. I might push the red button, right? But don't think about pink elephants. What are you thinking about? You're going to start thinking about pink elephants. And what I love about what God does in his word is the do nots come with the do's. Don't do this because I got something so much better, something so much grander for you. And this passage is no different. Do not be anxious about every, anything, but in every situation, so those one to five things that you got on your mind right now, in every situation by prayer, and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. I love this verse from, or this verse, this quote from Max Lucado, and he says this, the presence of anxiety is unavoidable, but the prison of anxiety is optional. I've changed that word presence to temptation, really. The temptation there, it's there, it's on the shelf. I can always pick it up. But you know what? I have the option to say no to it. I have the option to say no to that prison. And this passage gives us the roadmap, gives us the equation, if you will. So let's break down these words in verse 6. In every situation by prayer, all right, so it's prayer. We're just, we're talking with God talking with God, having a conversation with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And then he says, petition. Petition is a word that's kind of zooming in a little bit more on the idea of giving our, our requests to him, those specific things going on. And he says, with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is an attitude of gratitude and appreciation, acknowledging the source of all that we have is God. And really, it can be full of worship and praise and adoration of him. There's so much packed into that word, thanksgiving. But we're coming to him not as this vending machine. I just hit A7, I'll get my request. Wow. We're coming to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, worshiping, praising him, thanking him. So present your request to God. And then the promise that is attached to that, the peace of God. So again, we talked about, I mentioned briefly that this is, this is kind of a, an equation that we have going on. We don't want to oversimplify this. It's beautiful and complex and relational, but kind of an equation. So I, kind of, I need your help, by the way. So kids, if you're here, I'm bad at math. 
Okay, I'm bad at math. I just want you to know that I need some help with some equations. Um, adults, you can help too, I guess, um, if you can do these. But kids, I need your help. What, what is this? Four. I heard four. You got it. Good. Thank you for helping me. Okay, let's see what else we got going on. Okay, four. Good job. What, what we got? 10 plus 10 plus 10. 30. Good. You guys are good. 30. Man, thank you. All right, let's see what else we got here. I think this one's a little harder. Two plus four plus six plus three. Good. You guys are good. 15. All right. Good job. Okay, I got an easy one for you now. Let's see that easy one. Okay, um, the square root of 1,467,826 is? You guys don't. Wait, what? It's easy. Look, look at the answer. Come on. All right, so now we got ourselves warmed up with equations. Let's look at the equation that, that Paul has put into Philippians 4 for us. Prayer plus petition plus thanksgiving plus presenting requests equals peace. It's a promise. Equals peace. And really, you look at the sentence, and, and prayer, petition, thanksgiving is really modifying presenting requests. Come to God with your requests. As you do that, do that with an attitude of prayer and thanksgiving. Give him your petitions. Simplifying this equation, talking with God equals peace. Let's look at this peace. Let's look at what God says about it. The peace of God which transcends all understanding. Can I be honest with you? When I get anxious and worried and those one to five things on my mind are just there and I want to take it off the shelf, I want to get anxious about it, I try to get peace through my understanding. Does that make sense? I try to logic my way out of it. I forget about the peace that surpasses all understanding that God has for me, that is bigger and greater than my mind can even fathom. It's so beautiful, and I try to settle for my own, my own understanding. It's kind of like one of these Chinese finger traps. And kids, by the way, we got some on the back too if you want to take some on your way out. I got one of these Chinese finger traps, and I go, man, I, oh, I'm just, I'm really, I'm anxious about this thing. I'm worried about this. Okay, well, let me, let me try to control this without God. Let me try to figure this out on my own. If I just really work, oh, work at it, I can really figure it out if I do this and that, and next thing I know, I'm stuck even more. The harder I try, the more stuck I become. But when we let God in and we say, Lord, I am anxious, but I've got this thing on my mind, but you know what? I'm coming to you with prayer and petition and thanksgiving and presenting those requests to you. You know what happens? He takes us out of the trap and he gives us his peace. We don't have to settle on our own to get out of the trap. He provides that way out. He provides that equation. And in the future, as we think about those hard things in life, we say, God, I'm not giving into that trap. I'm not touching that. I'm going to, with prayer and petition and thanksgiving, I'm going to request, present my request to you. And that makes all the difference in the world. I got to tell you, I was anxious I wasn't going to get my fingers out of that trap, by the way, too. I've been practicing. <laughs> You can ask our staff. I was practicing this week. 
How do I embrace God's peace? Be joyful and gentle. I talk with God. And I choose my thoughts and my actions. I choose my thoughts and my actions. And we get this from verses 8 and 9. So look with me starting in verse 8. Paul says this, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. What word is repeated a whole lot in this verse? What? Paul could have just said, hey, whatever's noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, anything excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. He could have skipped that. This is intentional. This is emphasis when he talks about this word, whatever. We'll put it this way. The other day I got to go to one of my favorite places in all of the Verde Valley to eat. China Dragon. The place is amazing. This incredible buffet. I, I, I thought this was a safe place. You guys are laughing at me. And so we went the other day. I, I've been a few times. I, I went the other day most recently. And I just love it. There's so many options. There's the chow mein and the crab ragoon or whatever it's called. There's the, 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 the egg rolls. There's so many good, delicious things. And when I think about the whatevers I see here in Philippians 4, it's like you have limitless options. When Paul is saying whatever, 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 he's saying not, oh, you're stuck into this box of thoughts. He's saying you are free to think on these incredible, amazing things. Take your pick. It's all amazing and great. Paul puts it this way in Romans 12 too. Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed, those whatevers, by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and improve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, when we step into anxiety, when we step into the Chinese finger trap, it constricts us but God wants to free us and give us these options of sweet and beautiful things to think on. When we give into anxiety, it's like we've skipped over the buffet of options and thoughts. We settle for the dumpster out back. We pick through those things. We settle for something that is way, way, way less. Look with me as we continue in verse 9. Whatever, Paul likes that word, doesn't he? Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Paul's saying, hey, don't just think it. Live it. And what a bold statement of Paul to say, whatever you've seen in me, whatever you've experienced from me, put that into practice. It reminds me of one of our values. Followers say, good job, Ooh, nice. Followers say, follow me. We say, hey, as I follow Jesus, follow my example. Not because I have it all together, because I'm so great, because I'm pointing to the one who does. I'm pointing to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So Paul says, put it into practice. And we see another promise at the end. 
the God of peace will be with you. Earlier we talked about the fact that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart, will guard your mind. And now we're seeing that the God of peace himself will be with you. This is a phenomenal promise. God will be with you. As we put these things into practice, it's like God's knocking at the door saying, I want in, I want to be with you. And as we put these things in practice, it's like we're opening the door. Yes, I'm, ex- I'm, I'm accepting your presence, God, knowing that you want to be with me, knowing that you're here with me. So, how do I accept God's peace? How do I get off the rocking chair? Be joyful and gentle. I talk with God. I choose my thoughts and my actions. Can I be honest with you again? Just this last week, my sweet baby boy who loves applesauce, he woke me up a little, little bit earlier than normal. And I was doing fine, but all of a sudden, I just got hit with anxiety. I started getting into the Chinese finger trap. And I couldn't stop. And then I, I, I thought I'd kind of left it away, and I, you know, I, and I ended up taking care of Micah and ended up putting him to bed. I felt like I was good and all that. But then I got into bed, and it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I just couldn't stop thinking. I couldn't turn my mind off. So much so that, that my wife could hear me thinking and struggling and having a hard time, and, and, and she kind of tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, let's, let's go out. Let's go out to the living room. Let's not wake up, up Micah. I'm so thankful for her. She helped point me to Jesus and, 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 and listen to me, and we got to talk. But the most important thing she did was she pointed me to him. And I started giving this request to God. Came to him in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. And it was not easy. But I started to slowly present my request to him. And I started to feel his peace that surpasses all understanding. Did I mention I did that imperfectly? So if you're sitting here and you've got one of those one to five things on your mind, or maybe you wake up in the middle of the night, maybe you're like me, you woke up in the middle of the night recently and you just couldn't go back to sleep because it was just on your mind. I just want you to know you're not alone. God's with you. He's given us a road map and you're not alone. I want to encourage you to share with others. Share with others what's going on up here. If you're not in a group, I really want to encourage you to get in the group. Share with those people in, in, in your group. We got, we got groups open right now. You can go to Information Center, go on our website, vvcc.online slash groups. Um, they're meeting right now that are open. But the point is share with people. Share with somebody. In a moment, in a couple minutes, we're going to invite our prayer team up. And maybe you've been coming here for years, longer than I've known about VVCC. Maybe you've never gone up for prayer. Maybe it's been a long time. If God's tapping you on the shoulder to do it, just 
I encourage you, go up and get some prayer. Again, you're not alone. We're all in this together. Maybe you say, I'm not comfortable going up for prayer. That's just, I, I, I'm just not feeling it right now. I'm just, I'm not sure. Well, here's another option for you too. We're gonna put this on the screen. You can, you can do this. Text prayer to 928-634-8166. Text that word prayer. And a member of our prayer team will reach out to you this week. We'll give you a call. We'd love to pray with you. The point is we just want you to know that we are here for you. You're not alone. We're cheering you on. And kids, if, if you're listening and you say, hey, I've got those butterflies in my stomach, There's, I'm, I'm stressed or I'm anxious, you know, talk to a parent. Talk to Miss Tanny. We care about you. God cares about the stuff that you're going through. At the bottom of your handout, you're going to see there this. God, I give to you with three bullet points on it. I want to encourage you right now, go ahead and write down those things. You already know what they are. You've been thinking about them probably since we started this sermon. Write down what those things are. God, I give to you. I'm going to invite you right now. Write those down. There's power in writing it down. But we're not just going to leave it at that. In a moment, I'm going to give us just a, a short amount of time and let's put into practice what we just talked about. Let's come to God in prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Let's present those things to him. So right now, I'm going to give us just 30 seconds of silence. For some of us, that might feel like a lot. <laughs> some of us, maybe not. But let's give 30 seconds of silence. Just pray over those right now. Give those to God, and then I'm going to close this out in prayer. So go ahead. Let's go before him right now with those requests. Lord God, thank you. Thank you that you hear our requests. The God of peace is here with us. And I pray over each of my friends in this room or those watching online, would you remind all of us you're here. The God of peace is with us. Help us as we look to be joyful and gentle, as we look to talk with you, to think right, to live in a way that honors you, knowing that you, God of peace, are with us. Thank you for this time. I give to you those things that have been written down, those things that have been prayed. Would you continue to minister to each one of my friends here? We love you. Thank you, God, that you tell us we can be joyful always in the midst of the prison cell, in the midst of the hardship. You're right here with us. We love you. Thank you for this time. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, as we said, we're going to have a prayer team up here on your left. Come on and feel free to go pray with them. We love you guys. Have a great rest of your day.